0: Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott. I'm here with my host co-host, Coach Dean Manchie from the Fox Valley Throws, Kimberly Papermakers. Coach, how are we doing?
1: Unbelievable. Just a great day yesterday and the day before, watching a ton of uh, Wisconsin State football games and uh, a lot of great athletes, a lot of great coaching going on in the state of Wisconsin. And just a uh, super exciting time for all those kids now that we had a normal football season and all fall sports. It's been normal and it's just great to see kids playing sports for their mental health and and for everything else. It's just been awesome.
0: Well, and we want to give some some shout outs obviously to to all the different sports. I know just in our area, I want to give a quick shout out to the Edgewood swimming team that won their seventh straight state championship, I believe, Dean. Wow. Um, Incredible um, program there. And um, obviously a couple of schools playing at the state championship uh, from our area won key that ended up winning the division two state championship, coach Pat Rice, who has done an incredible job at that program. I believe I read it was a seven state championships so with coach Rice and, you know, all those kids that want congratulations. And, and then coach Kaminsky, obviously um, at Sun Prairie, um, that's done an incredible job with that program. Uh, they ended up getting uh, beat by Franklin, but had an incredible season. Um, and just looking back on just those two schools, Dean, um, because they had spring football as well, you know Key, I believe finished what would have been twenty and zero for the whole year, you know spring and and that and then Sun Prairie I believe finished nineteen or twenty and one, um, you know playing spring football and and fall football. So that's a lot of games for those kids, a lot of organization, a lot of development from those coaches. So all our coaches across the state, congratulations on having a successful season and and getting the kids out and playing.
1: You know, as a high school coach myself, Brian, and obviously you at the University of Wisconsin for 13 years, we understand all the time that coaches put in and athletes put in. And and uh, it's, it's amazing because you you just mentioned two really uh, unbelievable coaches in the state of Wisconsin. And, and these are people you're always seeing with a huge growth mindset, always trying to get better. You see them at clinics, you see them all over and, uh, you know, just a, a huge shout out. For those programs that can continually be awesome year in and year out. And in my neck of the woods here, Reedsville. Reedsville, small, yeah. small, very small town, you know, just about 30 miles east of uh Appleton area. Hey, their first state championship ever in uh football and their second one in all sports. So just a very small community, but just unbelievable. A person I work with, Coach uh, Jason Mangan is a Reedsville um, alum. And uh, he's extremely proud of of his old school and, you know, great situation there in that their coaching staff is primarily people that went to Reedsville high school and they're giving back and they're helping the kids and just exciting times in that area right now, Brian.
0: Well, and I think, you know, for all our coaches and all of our listeners, you know, obviously want to give you a big thank you, you know, to listening to the podcast on a weekly basis, um, you know, for sharing the podcast, um, You know, a lot of, you know, some of those people you've mentioned, we've gotten messages from, um, that they listen to the podcast that they share it with their players. Um, so just a huge, huge shout out, you know, to all those guys, um, that make time throughout their week, because we know, you know, whether you're a basketball coach, a volleyball coach, a baseball coach, when you're in season, that's, that's your focus and things like that. And so we appreciate all of you that are listening to the podcast, you know, throughout the in season. Uh, as well as your out of season and having a growth mindset, sharing it with your players, because we hope we're making an impact. Please share the show um, with any of your players, any of your teachers, administrators. Um, you know, we're doing it to, to try and help our coaches in our state and across the Midwest and hopefully across the country um, that are listening to our show and things like that. And, you know, winning Dean comes with a price, right? There's a price that comes from winning and it's not always fun. And so, you know, talking with with Emily, you know, our, our Louisville volleyball player, Emily Scott, you know, one of the things she said, and it's something that we share at Sports Advantage quite a bit is is the, the line embrace the suck uh, because sports isn't always fun and sports isn't always easy um, because if it was easy, there'd be a lot more kids out for sports. And that goes across with with any co-curriculars, right? If, if, if playing the clarinet was easy, a lot more kids would do it. And if playing the drums was easy and singing you know i th- happen to think i'm a pretty good singer but i'm i'm really not but i do it anyways <laughs> but you know i think um you know embracing the times where there's no score embracing the times when the alarm goes off and you don't want to get up and realizing that 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 getting up getting your work done is going to prove beneficial exponentially in the long term is where athletes have a lot of success so that that term embrace the suck really hit us really hard right dean
1: Absolutely. And uh, one thing I want to say is I think we're good luck, Brian, in that uh, when we taped the segment on, recorded the segment on Emily Scott and Louisville Volleyball, they were ranked number two. And then right when we um, aired that and released that episode, they were number one. So uh, she told me, hey, that was incredible. and She thanked us for being on, you know, for her being on the podcast and uh, it was unbelievable. And now they got that big target on their back. Now they're number one. They went ahead of Texas. So I've been continuing. We've been watching, you know, and they're continuing to do well. So it's just, again, it's about that process. But, you know, we talk about embracing the suck. You know, it's a lot better when you win. And we know as coaches, when you're winning, everything's going right. And I know in our program, Coach Jones always says, water it. And, you know, it's easy to water it when things are going right and everything's going your way. But there's days when you just don't want to feel like getting after it. And that's when it's very difficult to water it. And that's when you have to embrace the suck. And, you know, that's one of the best lessons that athletics teaches everyone is that things aren't going to go your way and there's going to be obstacles and you're going to have to persevere. And there's days you don't want to go to practice and days you don't want to work out. And then you have to make a decision. And, you know, that is crucial as far as, and it's normal athletes out there and it's normal coaches. You know, I think coaching, there's days, oh boy, it's been a long day at your normal job. You know, now you go and you do your coaching after that, after you work the full-time job. And now, boy, you know, you're just not in the mood and you have to get yourself and you have to be able to hit that switch and, you know, really turn it on. And that's normal. And I think a lot of times when kids just have that mindset where they're having a bad day, or maybe, you know, they they just took a test and they bombed the test and now they got practice and they, they allow that Something that happened previously to affect their practice that's gonna happen or even their game.
0: Well, and I think to Dean, what overcoming adversity in your training does for you is allows you to overcome adversity in during games because we we we've seen that a lot. It's kind of more of a trend in athletics now. Teams get down and they have bad body language, they pout and they don't fight back, you know, and and, and fighting back doesn't mean you're always gonna win. That that's the that's the part of it. And so if you can train yourself in the auto season or during your strength and conditioning or during your practice on those days where you don't feel it, because there are days that, that we don't feel it. It, it, you know, as coaches and, and athletes, you'd be surprised how many days coaches come to practice that maybe they just don't have the energy or they don't have the right mindset. And when you guys, when, when the players come and they're flying around practice, you guys energize us. So it's a two-way street. And that if everybody can, can get in the growth mindset of, of being, okay, we understand it's, it's seven degrees outside, right? And But we still have to get our work done. You know, we just can't take the day off because it's seven degrees outside or 97 outside in the summer. And so taking those moments and making it a part of who you are as an athlete, as a coach, and then who you are as a team will start to put you in scenarios like some of these programs we've talked about, Dean. Because, you know, these programs are the ones that, that exemplify that term, you know, because they're always, there's no compromise and they're constantly building and building and building to get better.
1: And what I found, Brian is, you know, this is where your training partner is crucial in your development and, you know, you know, your, your coaches that are in the weight room or your coaches that are helping you get better is, you know, they have to, Make sure that they elevate you in times when you you are having one of those days. You know it's very unlikely that both of you are going to have that day, or if you're maybe you got your three of you working out together, but somebody's bringing that energy. You know, research tells you when you're you're more likely to do, engage in any kind of fitness program or just anything in life that you want to be consistent with if you do it with others and you do it with people you care about. In fact, you know what are you seeing right now? with all the state games is, Hey, I'm with my brothers, you know, and we're doing this as a group and this is my team. And, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it for, for my name on the back of the Jersey. I'm doing it for my community. I'm doing it for, you know, my group of brothers, my friends, these people that I've been playing with since fourth grade on, you know, those are the situations where if you're in them situations where things aren't going right. And it's starting out slow. You got to be that spark plug for your partner and make this workout or make this practice, or maybe it's even the game things are little right. sluggish in the beginning. Somebody's gotta be that spark plug, Brian.
0: Right, I agree. And, and you know, as, as we talk about embracing and suck, Dean, it kind of leads into the second point that we wanna talk about with Emily was getting out of your comfort zone because a lot of times, you, you know, going to those 6 a.m. workouts when you're a freshman um, and you got, you know, seniors that are squatting 500 pounds or bench at 400 pounds and, and you're a freshman, you know that can be intimidating, um, and Emily used her her talk about uh, going away to college. You know, getting out of her box. I believe is how she um, shared it. And this is a real this is a real problem with with athletes. This is a real problem with kids graduating from college um, and finding their first job, and. You know, everybody wants to stay in a zone that makes them feel nice and fluffy and, and, and everything like that. And at the end of the day, the, the most successful people are the one that take some risks. They, they move out of their parents' house and, and they, they go out and they find their way in life. And for athletes, you know, as you travel sometimes and maybe you're going on to college, that homesickness that she talked about can set in as well. You know, and if you let it, if you let it consume you, um, it's going to eat you alive. But if you attack it, like we're talking about, you know, attacking and winning the day every day, and instead of focusing on the long-term, you focus on your daily activities. I've talked about how I've done that, you know, changed how some of the things I do in my business, Dean, with the power list that I do, you know, and it's five things every day that, that I do to win the day. You know, and it puts me in an uncomfortable situation. So coaches, you have to do that as well. You know, if you just go along, you know, and, and you're doing the, how you got the same practice plan you had from 2015, you're missing the boat. You know, you're missing the boat because athletes change, circumstances change, things like that. So we all, as leaders, as athletes, as just people in general, we have to learn to get out of our comfort zones.
1: You know, that message with Emily just really, hit me, you know, and just blindsided me because my whole thing as a strength and conditioning coach and a sport coach has always been to physically get out of your comfort zone. You know, it's it's very, you know, uncomfortable, with a heavy squat when you're going extremely heavy and you're, you're doubting yourself, hey, can I get this weight up? Do I trust my partner behind me? You know, doing a very difficult exercise. Oh, I don't like this one exercise in the program, but yeah, I know it's going to be my best bang for my buck. But it's difficult and the brain always wants to feel comfortable. So my standpoint of that phrase, you know, get out of your comfort zone has always been from a physical standpoint where, where she really hit home to me is that part of getting out of your comfort zone from the mental part of it. Right. And we do grow. I look at just some of the things that happened, you know, since, you know, I got out of high school. And have opportunities, and a lot of times you get in those situations where it's very uncomfortable. But that's where the true growth occurs. And when she said that, as far as just being a better person, getting outside her box, and and you know the parents being farther away and family being farther away, yes, you know that's important to have those people in your tribe, in your group. But yeah, it's normal to feel that way. And when you do, you open yourself up to see all these new experiences. And that's the biggest thing I've noticed from Emily from high school athlete till now is how she has grown mentally. And she's talking about adulthood and what she's going to be doing after, you know, her volleyball days, and I think a lot of athletes don't think about that. It's just, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to go in the NFL if I'm playing D1 football," you know, and they don't have these plans. And they tie themselves down. Their whole success is tied down to hey, what they do in athletics. And the big picture, Emily got it. She gets the big picture. And that's what I really love about athletics. And that's why businesses hire people. There are athletes and all of those things that you benefit. And we're not just talking athletics. We're talking all co-curricular activities because we learn from everybody. And the broader experiences that you have, you're just going to be much more a successful to be successful in life.
0: Well, and, and one of the things that I've learned Dean over, over this pandemic um, and and it's something that I think really rings true for athletes, for coaches, you know, for businesses, for, for anybody that's, that's, that's looking to get a job is most of us overestimate what we can get done in three to six months. You know what I mean? We think we can get so much done in a quick amount of time and we underestimate what you can get done in three to five years of consistent activity, you know? Um, everybody wants it right now, you know what I mean? And, and I'm seeing this in, in, you know, in the workforce uh, with coaches and, and things like that. Everybody wants, you know, a big paycheck or everybody wants to, to be in a leadership role and everybody wants this, but they're not willing to put in the day-to-day time to really, to really you know, uh, get a substantial foundation. And really build a substantial base behind them before they get to that point, you know, and everybody want, and it's the same thing with athletes. Everybody wants to hit a PR right now, you know, and think about this high school kids. You, you walk in as a freshman, okay. You're a freshman in high school. You've got four years to train. You're, you're in college. You may have five years to train, you know, and if you want it to happen right now in, in three to six months, okay, wh- where do you go from there? Like you, you're not going to get that growth, you know, at, over time, over time. So, you know, looking at it as a three to five year plan as an athlete, um, as a college athlete, as a coach, you know, sometimes we want to win right away. You know, we take over a program and, you know, we're, we you know, we take a program that may be one in eight. And we want to go nine and zero oh next year. A lot of times that's not realistic. You know, you have to build a foundation and I, I just see that so much in society right now, Dean, and it's really a, a hard thing to teach. And I think that the main word that we have to look at is patience. You know, not a lot of people have patience. Why? Everything is at the click of our finger. You know, mm-hmm. everything is right there for us on that phone. Everything is right there. You know, people want to get everything right away. People wait till the last minute to do everything. You know, kids wait till the last minute to do their homework. You know, cause they'd rather play video games from three to six you know, instead of just getting your, your tasks done for the day and then enjoying the rest of your day, I think, you know, a lot of times patience, you know, is going to help you get out of your comfort zone because you realize it's not going to happen right now. You know, I'm going to trust the process that the coaches have put in front of me and I'm going to just do it on a daily basis.
1: And it leads us into, uh, Josh, you know, talking about getting out of your comfort zone. Hey, uh, Tells his wife, "Hey, I'm driving to Chicago. I live in Minnesota, and I'm going to go to a combine for something I really don't know much about. To right. Maybe be, make make the Paralympic team for the USA." We I mean, talk about a guy that just <laughs> took a chance and got totally out of his comfort zone.
0: Right. Right. And, and
1: uh, yeah. you, you look at that, and you know his big message, Brian. I thought was, you know, you got to find a way with an injury or a disability. He he didn't let it get to him. His disability, a lot of times I've seen that athletes will get injured and then they just want to shut everything down, Brian. It just, well, you know, I I can't do anything. I, I, you know, I get sprained an ankle. Well, in the weight room setting, as we know, hey, your upper body's fine. You can do a ton of different types of exercises and continue get better and don't waste the time. And their mindset is always, hey, you know, I I can't do much. I, I, I got a bad ankle. no you will work around that. We talked, Joe Thomas talked about that when he, when he injured one of his elbows and he's working the other side. And you know, if it's important enough, you find a way you want to continually work out.
0: It's amazing how well, how much we think alike, Dean, because I was just <laughs> going to bring Joe up. That was just exactly what I wanted to bring yeah. up, but it's, it's, you know, I, I talked with Robert who's our coordinator at, at Edgewood high school, you know, and he has a kid that, that dinged his shoulder during a football season and he's got, well, he got three other limbs to train. You know what I mean? And then that's his message. He goes, you can still do 75 to 80% of the work we're doing. He goes, you just don't use the one side. He goes, and we still can do isolation exercises for the tricep and bicep and your grip strength. You know, he goes, so you, you have an area, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, guys with knee injuries, you know, we see that a lot with, with knee injuries. They just they disappear for a couple months. Well, I mean, you're, you're really putting yourself behind because like you said, you could still bench press, you can still, you know, do some pulls, you can still do pull-ups, you could do single leg squats on your other side. And, you know, what Josh was talking about, like just some of the, the creativity that he had uh, with setting up barbells and how, you know, not using an extension for his, for his arm because he wanted to make sure that he wasn't tied to a barbell, so to speak. Um, really impressed me just with his creativity. And that coaches, you know, that's on you you know, with high school athletes and and with college athletes. If you have an injured athlete, that's your job to figure out how to train them. So when they're cleared by the athletic training staff, they're back and ready to go. Um, And so a lot of that falls on the coaches. And from a coaching standpoint, you know, if you've built trust with your athletes, which hopefully you're all doing that, and you have good relationships with your athletes, which we've talked about on so many of our podcasts, which is so important. You know, your athletes will believe in what, in what you're doing. So you have to have already built a firm foundation with your kids, but you can't let them just slide through the cracks just because they're not doing the workout that the other hundred kids are doing. You know, you have to make time for this athlete. And we see it so often, um, you know, in season, this happens a lot, Dean, where where coaches are just like, you know, I'm worried about the guys that are playing. This guy's not playing. So go over there and, and, and do some bicep curls or stuff like that. That's not good enough. That's not good enough as a servant leader. You have to be there for every single athlete that you have in your program because you're taking on that responsibility, okay, to develop that young man or that young woman in every single time they come in that weight room.
1: The thing I found, Brian, is when you know, some of our athletes do get injured and, and um, they, they are in that situation, the most competitive athletes that I know always just figure it out they they want they want to be in they getting better they want to be doing it and they want to be modifying exercise and many times i just say hey, what do you think you can do what you can't do and they just figure it out and they get after it harder than they, they what if they were totally healthy right and then you see some of the athletes well, it's, it it can be used as an excuse as well so right. i think coaches if you see that happen you know you have to educate them cuz a lot of times they just don't know how to modify those exercises and I think if you're in a situation where you're putting you know exercises you have to get machines or or you have to um, equip your weight room you have to start thinking about that I know one of the things we really like is a pit shark and when you know kids you know cannot do certain types of exercises for whatever the pit shark is just a great exercise to do for example maybe they, they can't do a back squat with their shoulder they get in that pitch shark and they're training their legs and they can still go heavy and they can still do multiple different types of exercises just on that one piece of equipment so
0: so and, and to follow up on that dean uh a, a more economical thought process outside of a pitch shark two things that we have in our gyms for everything we use them every day is bands and sleds okay You can pull a sled, you can walk a sled, you can drag a sled. You you know, you look at Louis Simmons, you look at Joe DeFranco, you look at everybody that's having success with training athletes. Okay, sleds is a part of what they do. Okay, but understanding the load modifications that you have to have for your athletes, Bands are another thing. You can do every exercise you can with a machine, a dumbbell or a barbell, pretty much with a band, if you get creative with it. And so again, those are very inexpensive ways that you can equip your weight room to help your kids that may break down break down i'm going to show, share a quick story here we got we had a kid at one of our Key locations that got clipped from the side he's a hockey player um he's an eighth grader okay um you know lower body was dinged up pretty good sent a message to grant uh who's my assistant and said hey coach can i still come in and do my upper body every day and our answer is always yes like if an athlete asks to do more or an athlete asks for help, the answer has to always be yes, coaches. Because you never want to tell an athlete, "Nah, just take some time." Not, you know, because now all of a sudden you're giving them a built-in as to why not. Well, coach said I, you know, I I shouldn't come in, or coach said we can't make. You have to make it work. You know, that's part of being a leader. That's part of being a coach. If a if an athlete asks for a little extra assistance in a certain way that you have to modify something, that's your role as a coach. What, you know whether you want to hear that or not, that ta- that should take you back out of your comfort zone. So you, we as coaches have to find a way to help our athletes, especially when they ask for it.
1: Yeah, them are, Brian, those are incredible points and uh, leads us up to our last big topic here of playing up instead of playing down in athletics. And you see this a lot at the youth level, you know, working on improving through, you know, better competition and, I just remember a lot of the kids that I played with, you know, throughout high school and, and seen at the college level have always been kids that have played, you know, like we always say, like when we grew up, it was, you know, playing in a, in a playground. It just no no parent led, no coaching led. It was just getting a bunch of friends out in that neighborhood. I still miss those days, but it didn't matter if you were playing baseball or football or basketball and just getting out there and compete. And many a times it was, you were competing with a buddy and his buddy had a older brother and his older brother had a friend and you were the little guys playing against the big guys. And all of a sudden, boy, you're getting crushed, but you're being as competitive as you can. And in the long run, you were getting a lot better than they were.
0: Well, and you're learning how to, how to battle, you know, and I've shared, you know, stories that with my, my neighbor, you know, Mike Norris growing up, I mean, he was four and a half years older than me and we played every day together. You know, it taught me, you know, how to fight. It taught me how to compete. Um, it taught me how to battle for myself because we know as young as the younger kids on the playground, Dean, or, or in the game, those older kids make the rules. And typically, the older kids make the rules oh, yeah. of their benefit, you know, and so you learn how to overcome some adversity um, through battling through that. And I see this a lot with you know, different different types of uh, travel programs, stuff like that. Everybody wants to play their kid down because they want to have success. Um, it, it, that long-term, that's going to catch up to you because at some point in high school, you're, you're going to have to play, you know, with your grade level or play up, you know, from your grade level. You know, some of the best, um, and I can share baseball, some of the best baseball kids that we've seen in our area, you know, they started as 10-year-olds. They were playing 12-year-olds you know, one, you know, a team from around the area, I don't want to share the team name, but you know, when they were 14, they were playing in 16 and 17 U tournaments, you know, they weren't winning them, but they were playing against guys that throw, you know, 10 to 12 miles an hour faster than kids their age, because, you know, and and now a lot of those kids are playing division one baseball, not because they won when they were 10, 11, 12, 13, but because they, they competed against kids that were better than them. So when they got to the time where people were going to watch them, they were the best players and I think parents parents you have to hear this okay you don't win a state championship when you're 12 you don't win you don't get a college scholarship when you're 12 you don't get all these other things that all of you are, are looking for for your children when they're 10 11 and 12 years old you build the foundation to give them an opportunity to win that when they're 10 11 12 and 13 all right and that means losing sometimes that means getting beat sometimes that means, having someone that dominates them sometimes. So when they get in the car, all right, you love them. You tell them how, how much you appreciate, how fun it is to watch them play. And you continue to push them to get better because what getting beat does for kids who really want to play, you know. and we don't want to get into the topic of parents making kids play, Dean. That's, that's a whole not, we could do a podcast on that. But for kids who really want to play, getting beat sometimes is some of the best motivation that you can put in front of them because all of a sudden they're like, man, man, this kid's really good. I got work to do. And if, when you get kids that, that feel that way, you're winning, they're winning. Okay. They're going to win in life because they understand that if they're not the best, they want to fight to be the best.
1: Here, it brings me back some memories, Brian, when I was in middle school, a bunch of my friends and I, we were really big into basketball. Of course we played all the sports, but we were really big into basketball and You know, it's summer and at our high school, at Ashkash North High School, there was um, always great pickup games at night. It was just open gyms and their high school kids were there. And, you know, back in them days, it was shirts and skins playing basketball and, you know, and two people and they picked teams. They, They would pick teams. And if you were picked last, you know, that was just, that's just what it was. And if there was 15 guys, you know, it was main court and it was five against five and that other five just sat and and played, And then if you won, you stayed in, and if you lost hey, you were shooting around and the other team was coming in and the goal was always to be playing, always to be winning every game. And it got really competitive. And, you know, we we're playing against kids that were seniors when I was in eighth grade. Yep. And, and, you know, they're, again, is, is that a foul? They're going to make up their own rules. They're not going to get beat by younger guys. So you're getting hacked. And they're not going to call a foul. You barely hit them. They're calling a foul because no way they're going to have younger kids show them up. But it was just so much fun. And just remember how much fun it was. We didn't care if you got beat. It was just that element of competing and just getting after it and just thinking that, hey, you were you could tell you were getting better. All of a sudden, you couldn't get that shot over that taller, older, better athlete. And all of a sudden, now you're figuring out how to do it. And you see that even in the NBA right now with guys like Steph Curry, how did, how do you get these shots over guys that are seven feet tall and you just start being creative as an athlete on finding a way to get it done. And I know if my mom would have been in the gym and seen me getting tossed to the ground, you know, getting elbowed and getting scraped and and verbally getting abused and everything else, you know, that comes with playing at that level when it's, you know, there's no referees, There's no coaches. There's just somebody that's supervising the open gym. That's where I really grew as an athlete. And that's really made the biggest difference in my development. And then when I went to the high school level, I was playing up as a, as a sophomore in high school. And it didn't phase me that these guys were two years older because I've been, I've saw it so many times, Brian.
0: Right. And I think, you know, I can share the same thing, Dean, you know, when, when I was in high school, you know, um, we did the same thing. We played in the YMCA league um, when I was an eighth grade freshman, sophomore, and we were playing against guys from Viterbo, you know, so that's one step up, you know, and Viterbo was really good. You know, know, that's college kids. When I'm an eighth grade freshman, uh, my senior, and this goes to coaches as well. You guys have some control of your your non-conference schedule. I know football is a little limited, but some of you other sports, you know, like basketball, I know my senior year, the year we won the state championship, our out-of-season or our uh, non-conference schedule, we played Milwaukee Rufus King, who was a state champion, Division One state champion from the year before, had five Division One players. We played them, and we also played Madison West. Those two teams ended up playing in the Division I state championship against each other, you know, so we were battle-tested. You know, and the same thing when I was in college with Coach Lechner. I mean, we were on our Arkansas trip one year, and uh, Arkansas got rained out of, a, of a, a doubleheader they were supposed to play. Bam. He called him. We played him the next day, you know, division one. We're not, you know, we're not going to back down it it threw off our schedule, but you know, that was just a growth mindset that two of my coaches had, Hey, we're not, we're not afraid to play anybody, you know? And when I think as athletes, when, when you see your leadership, like your coaches, um, and we saw this with COVID too, Dean, like coaches are like, we'll play whoever, you know, what a great mindset, you know, some of those football coaches and basketball coaches, Hey, you know, the team we were supposed to play got canceled. You know, I know some prairie picked up a game on a Wednesday night, you know, that, that, and then they played on Friday. So you don't have the film breakdown. You don't have the normal preparation. We're just going to go play because we want our kids to play and get better. And so, coaches, when you share that mindset that we're not, a, we're, we're going to play anybody, we want to play the best competition. I truly believe that kids embrace that. They're like, oh, our, our, our coach believes in us. They're going to put us in there. We're going to go compete. And so finding the best competition you can at any level, you may be a division five, you know, division four school, and you go and play the best of the best. That's only in the long run going to make your kids better, not only in the court and the field, but as people as well.
1: You know, I think at the youth level, a lot of times, sometimes if you're maybe you're in seventh grade and you're playing a, an eighth grade team, I just remember, With my experience when I was coaching basketball, youth basketball, is, you know, the kids would be like, oh my God, they're, you know, they're in eighth grade. We're only in seventh grade. And the opportunities I used to always say is, what's going to happen in high school? Because in high school, you got to play when you're a junior, you're playing with seniors. And, you know, that's just the way it is. So if you want to get better, challenge yourself and, and go ahead and do that, and you will become a lot better athlete. It goes back to the YMCA again. We would go there in lunchtime, I just remember, there'd be a lot of guys that were, you know, college age or older, they're done with their high school career, and they'd go on their lunch break and play pickup basketball games. And there'd be 40 year olds in there, yes. Brian, and we were in high school, and they're whipping you to the ground and it got so competitive and they were just, you know, reliving the high school days and we were just maybe we had a half day of school that day where whatever we had a day off the of school and we just wanted to go ahead and just play basketball and have a lot of fun. So those are great opportunities for growth to occur.
0: What I think, you know, what Josh shared, you know, which was so good, right. Is that he played up with his brothers who are, you know, four or five or six years older than him. And, you know, he did have a limb you know, discrepancy and they didn't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, he, and he didn't want them to care, you know? And, and so athletes, you have to, Again, all these messages, it's, it's funny, Dean, because a lot of these messages from a lot of our guests all intertwine, right? You have to, as an athlete, and just looking at this podcast, you have to embrace those moments where it's really hard, where you're playing someone who's better than you. You have to get out of your comfort zone. It's really easy if you're the best best athlete in your class, if you're 12 years old, okay, to play everybody that you're better than them, because that that typically you're going to win all the time, and that's real easy to do. Go play against kids that are two years older than you. Get out of your comfort zone. Get beat. Uh, learn what it's like to actually have to fight to win things. To, to to battle. You know, get out of your comfort zone in the classroom. You may not be the best person in, in a foreign language or Spanish that you're learning. Get out of your comfort zone. Go on Google. You know, use your screen time for productive screen time. Um, find a way. You know, maybe maybe you're not as fast as the game you're playing. You know, the kids are faster because they're older. You know, find a way to find some some ways to get a competitive advantage, you know, and then find better competition play up. Don't be afraid of it. You know, go, go attack it. Um, If you get beat, go back, self-evaluate and figure out how you can be better next time.
1: You know, I think as parents, a lot of times we just, you want your kid to succeed so bad. And when you see your, your athlete, your son or daughter, you know, and things aren't going right or they're getting beat, I think, you know, the mama bear, papa bear approaches, you know, that you just don't like to see your son or daughter in that situation. I think as parents, you got to change your mindset and then you have to educate your athlete, your son or daughter when they come back and they come back and say, oh, we got crushed. I think as a parent, you have to say, well, what what did you get out of the experience? You might've lost, but do you think you got better? Do you think you had to try harder? You, you know, what did you learn from, getting beat by older people, by better people. And that might be the light bulb that says, Hey, I got to get in my driveway and I got to shoot, or I got to get in the batting cage and I got to, you know, I got to do more swing or I got to get in the weight room and I got to get stronger, right. You know, well,
0: one, two Dean, I can, I can share a story about Cameron, you know, I mean, they were four or five and oh, you know, and they, they you know, ripping, they were feeling great, you know, and they should have, they were playing really well and they, they, they played a team that, that pretty much dominated them up front you know, and it kind of give, you know, he came off the field and, and I handle it a little bit different with my kids. Cause I'm, I'm straightforward with my kids. You know, I try not to sugarcoat stuff. You know, hard to up, believe
1: Brian, hard to believe.
0: <laughs> he goes, But you know, it was in a, in a, a loving way, you know, I want to make sure that everybody, I, you know, I didn't demean him, but it was, he goes, I got dominated today, dad. I go, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Now what, you know? And then it's like, now what? Okay. So, you, you know, kids, kids realize, you know, if, if, you know, someone is better than them or if they had a bad game, which is going to happen. You know what I mean? I think we, we think that kids get, they keep getting better, keep getting better. Well, they're not going to have bad games. They're going to have bad games. Grace Giannis has bad games. You know, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, you know, has bad games. You know, everybody has bad games at every level. The best athletes are like, okay, it's now what, now what's next? Where do I go from here? How do I learn from this? So it doesn't, you know, so I can minimize the opportunity of it happening again. You know, and so and being real with your kids and, and, and allowing them, you know, to, to not coddle them, you know, when, because the kids, when, when they have games like that, and I've known that with, with my kids and I've seen it, you know, sometimes when they come off and they say, well, we got killed, you know, oh, don't worry about, no, you know, it, it's okay to be like, yeah, you guys did, you know, you did, you got beat pretty bad, but now where, do, and then use it as a lesson, a teaching lesson, where do we go from here? You know, what are some things that, that we can improve on to narrow the gap? You know what I mean? To narrow the gap. And, and when we can teach kids that if we can start narrowing the gap, all right, that's when they're going to start growing and growing. And sooner or later, you're going to have a breakthrough with teams, with athletes, with coaches, parents, everybody.
1: You know, as coaches, we we, we must really help athletes understand that, you know, part of life is you have to persevere. And things are going to happen. And I think that's a, one of the biggest lessons athletics really helps is in that things aren't going to go your way. You're going to have a bad game. You're going to have a bad practice. You know, you're going to get beat and, you know, you have to deal with it and you can't let it, it really get you down too, too long and you have to just, you know, just change your, your thought process and move on. And what can you do then to improve?
0: Well, dog. We hit some pretty good topics again today. You know, uh, I, I just, I just want to share this. It, this has been so much fun, Dino. Uh, we're having a lot of fun doing this. If you guys can't tell, uh, you know, we enjoy the, the conversations we have, um, things like that. Um, I know coming back from, you know, an 85 degree vacation Um, into this cold weather uh, was was pretty tough for me but getting back into the podcast and and doing some of the things that we we truly enjoy doing um, you know we 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 just love doing this we love the messages we're getting from coaches uh, and things like that so Dean Dean starting up the Fox Valley throws again in uh, January 9th I believe correct Dean yes so January 9th um, throwers that are in that area um, you know, check that out. A lot of football players now are going to be checking back into Sports Advantage. Um, you know, we're going to have some, uh, Black Friday sales for those of you that, that, that want to check that out. Uh, just want to kind of re-go over again. Again, Emily talked about embracing the suck. So again, things are going to be hard. You got to overcome it. Okay. Get out of your comfort zone in all aspects of life. Okay. We're talking to you if you're eight years old, if you're 80 years old, all right, there's, there's great things out there to be found in life. All right, just get out of your box and do it. Make sure you find a way, okay? Find a way to get better every single day, whether you got to make a list, whether you talk to your coaches, however you do it, if you're injured, uh, make sure you get competitive and how you find a way and then find better competition and play up. Don't be afraid of it. Um, Embrace the challenges that you have in life. Um, That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, We're very, very appreciative of all our guests, uh, all our listeners, and uh, hope everybody is getting ready for a great holiday season. We got a couple great guests coming up in the next couple weeks, Dino. Uh, really, really excited about those. Uh, so stay tuned for those guests coming up, and we will see you next time. Chop it.